You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 92 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's been happening in the world of photography and any other world too? (laughs) It's been an exciting week. You know what? I haven't shot this week. I've had a week off shooting uh, and I've had a week to actually organize myself. So I have been uh, backing up hard drives, sorting my gear, packing for my big trip, working out it's like, you know, what lenses do I take? What lenses do I keep? Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's uh, stressful because you just don't want to be on the other side of the world going, ah, oh, I wish I had this yeah. lens or that lens. Wow. So, like, I've got all my gear spread out on the floor at the moment and it's just like, okay, which lenses? And, yeah, I've made a few uh, late-night purchases, Val, which I'll talk about Again? probably in the next episode. Oh, my And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I've a lot of retouching's been up. I've got a lot. I've had a really productive week, and hmm. I broke my shoes in. Oh, oh. yes, because last week boots. we were discussing that you had bought some hiking boots yep. and that you'd gone walking the dog, Gary, with yep. them, and within 15 minutes you were about yep. to, like, die from pain. Yeah. So I pushed through. I just kept doing a little bit every day. There was a few mm. days where, like, I literally could not feel my feet, pins and needles. But oh. like, just today, uh, walking around, I feel like I've got there. And I had a, I had a, like, a plan B where you can actually get your shoes stretched. Oh yes. Take them to the shoe guy. He puts them on a machine overnight for eight hours, mm. and it it stretches them. They go up half a size. Really? But that felt like, yeah, that felt like cheating. Why? That, um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But no, it just didn't feel like hardcore enough for me. It's like I just felt like that is cheating and if I'm going to go and trek somewhere, I should at least, at the very least, break in my own shoes. Oh, I think that whatever you can do to avoid pain, I'm happy to pay. But knowing knowing that, but next time I get like, you know, fancy, nice, you know, heels – I'm not going to subject myself to that that horrible pain where you want to wear them and it's like whenever you've got nice shoes, it's never like, oh, I'll just wear them for five minutes. It's usually an an event and you've got to wear them for a few hours, but I'll just get them broken in that way because that doesn't count. Fancy shoes. Yeah, but do they actually break in fancy shoes? 
They'll stretch them, yeah. If they're leather, mm. they put them on the machine and they stretch. Okay, so everyone, this isn't actually a podcast about shoes. <laughs> but this is important because let me tell you, when you're a photographer, mm-hmm. uh, the right shoes can make all the difference because especially if you're shooting something like a long event, a wedding, even any yes. shoot, if you are standing all day, yes. I have managed to find myself the best pair of shoes they're actually heels but they're rubber soled which means uh, they actually absorb the shock so like most studios are generally like concrete Concrete, floors that I shoot tv studios and things like that and so when you're standing on a concrete floor all day it doesn't matter how comfy your shoes are your legs get really tired and if you're at an event and you're wandering around and if say you're eight hours in and you've got another four hours to go and your feet are killing you Mm. it's hard. You can't even think. You can't focus. You just want to go home and take your shoes off. Yes. And that's not a good look, is it, sort of the photographer that's carrying <laughs> their shoes around. It's not like the Melbourne Cup where it's <laughs> in the afternoon. So um, it, having great shoes is really important for a photographer. So I think it, it does matter. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So you've had a I can productive... link it back there. Okay, sure. You've <laughs> had a productive myself. week uh, but not shooting. Not shooting your shoes. And I think that's another like important thing. It's like, you know, people think, oh, okay, so you must shoot every day. Uh, and, uh, like, I avoid that, like the plague. And I actually uh, now am at the point where I turn down more work than I accept uh, because it's about um, thinking about the future and the long distance because I know if I take on all those little, little tiny shoots, everything that's offered to me, uh, I can't work as well as if I just focus on uh, the stuff that uh, I really want to do and I can give my client 100% rather than being at half steam because I'm exhausted and burnt out. I've done that before. I don't want to do it again. So I just think it's really important to, you know, have a time time out where you can just sit back and uh, get everything else organised, clear your mind and be excited about shooting, which I'm hanging now. I just can't wait to pick up a camera and take lovely photos. I'm excited. What well, this, have you been doing, Val? Well, I think that this must be the first time ever in the history of life that <laughs> we can say that you haven't been shooting this week and I have. Oh I was God. shooting today. How exciting. <laughs> what, have you been sho- what have you been shooting? Well, my gym had an open day and yeah. um, uh, I... do kick people in cages. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a in the open day they had a lot of sparring bouts and things like that because it is a MMA kind of training thing and so I thought I would head down there and take some photos yeah. and um, that was really fun but it was really hard Gina I'm used to taking photos of gorgeous looking cats mm. who la- lounge around and don't move very fast yeah and he, it was just really hard with the whole focus thing because you know these people are running all around the cage and they're yeah. they're kicking and they're and they're moving very very fast so so how'd you do what what was, was your difficult. technique well i did determine um that i 
because it was indoors and it, yeah. there was sort of some kind of fluoro lighting and it, it wasn't the most even though there's fluoro, right, fluoro lighting it wasn't like um brightly lit if you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. i had to go to a high iso how fast did you go well i kept trying different things and eventually i went to two and a half thousand okay that would have made you nervous yes because i started at maybe 800 yeah being a girl of a film girl from so 800 would have felt like oh my god it's so hot it's going to be so noisy i was used to 100 and 400 yeah and so then i shot a low-ish i mean a a low-ish aperture like um sort of between 5.6 and 4 because because you're shooting through a cage yeah I needed to get that depth of field um, to make sure that the cage was actually out of focus and the action was, you know, the thing that was in focus. But then I didn't want to have a super I, – um, I, I, I had a shutter speed. I tried around 200 because I wanted a little bit of movement. movement? And also yeah. if I shot too high a shutter speed um, or too fast a shutter speed um, – I would have had to pump up the ISO even more. You could have you could have pushed. So you're on the Mark II, 5D Mark II, Canon yes. 5D Mark II. You could have pushed it. I, I think uh, as a, just as a really good exercise, Val, mm. I want you to, to maybe tonight or tomorrow night when it's dark just around the house, uh, just uh, crank up the ISO and test it out. Do you know how, how high it will go on the Mark II? I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure, actually. I must have Try, try going past that. Mm. up into the 30s um, and uh, have a look at what it looks like. Just as a tip, next time you're shooting through that mesh Mm. wire, Mm. uh, the trick with that stuff is uh, if you uh, shoot wide open Mm. and you have the lens fairly close to the cage, you will barely see it. Yes, which is what I was trying to do. Yes. And, you know, it, it was very, very subtle or, you know, you could do it. So that was what I was trying to do and that's why... I had to um, uh, you that's why I did have it um, I think to the lowest aperture possible and so how did the shots look um, I still I only went through them like when I was there because I only just did it literally so I haven't downloaded them and looked them looked at them on my computer like big yet I've only seen it on the camera oh, right so, so- you know, mm. some look okay, but admittedly, Good. I think if I was there for a bit longer um, and experimented with a few more angles, but it, um, the sparring itself, which is what I wanted to take the photos of, um, ended about, you know, half an hour after I got there. So I only had a limited time frame in which to capture stuff, but it was fun and I want to do some more. <laughs> you, you would have had that in the, like, the, all the instruction in the back of your mind, Val, because you just sent me the, uh, the section on uh, shutter speed that we did for the course, yes. right? And what was that about? <laughs> I had someone sparring, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, boxing, that's and right. And so you would have had all of that. The difference in shutter speed, how to freeze action, yes, all would have been all brain. there. So, the only thing fantastic. that was missing yeah. was the focus, you see, because uh, it was very hard, you know, they're moving Tracking. very quickly. Yeah. And then I know that you taught about the continuous focus and, yeah. you know, that you can set your camera to continuous focus if your subject yeah. is moving. However, the yeah. thing, the internal dialogue in my brain yeah. was, oh, but because the 
example that you have given me in the past is if somebody is walking towards you yeah. and you can set your camera to continuous focus and they will, it, the camera will focus Tracks. on the person walking towards yeah. you. That makes complete yeah. sense to me. But the so the internal dialogue that was going in my brain was, but they're not walking towards me. No, but they're still moving around, so it's still going to track. So like that would have been a really good exercise for yes, you, I Belle, have to done do that. that. Mm. And I'm also thinking that uh, when you do get them up on the, and I like, wouldn't mind that you have a play around with Lightroom next, um, mm. because you could I could see True Grit, the preset working right. really well yes. for those shots. It'd be perfect. Okay. I yeah. will, I will, I will do just that. I'm going awesome. to go through the shots first and have a bit of an edit. They, I, you know, there's hopefully there's a handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's exciting, Val. Yeah, that's exciting. But next time I will try the continuous focus thing. Were you handheld? Yes. Well, that's the thing because I brought the reason why I didn't bring the tripod because it's a sparring thing. It's like really squashy. You don't need it. You know, yeah, like yeah, too many yeah, people, yeah. and I wouldn't have had the space. You know, the other thing you the might like to do if you just want a bit of stability and you you really want a tripod but you don't have the space is what I do is I collapse the tripod down and uh, so that it's the, the legs are all folded it becomes a monopod oh, if I yes. can't take but usually I would probably take a monopod to something like that because yeah. it's like if you, especially if you're using a long lens and even that 24 to 105 on the 5D mm. uh, after a little while if you're not especially if you're not used to it it can get a bit heavy so your hands can and if you're shooting inside mm. so that that just gives you that something to rest on even if you don't need it for to to freeze motion yes just to keep your angles straight and just to have something to rest against it's like it's just that extra security that, that, that works well in tight spaces that's that's what i do yes good idea good idea all right well next time anyway thank yeah. you for those tips because <laughs> it was very useful as i was there and i just literally had your voice in my head um Fantastic. so we'll see how we go but anyway shall we move on yes. to this week's topic well we before we move on to this week's topic which is how to direct a Portrait shoot with confidence, which I think is an awesome topic. Uh, let's uh, we we have some useful things that you want to share. Is that right, Gina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stumbled on this uh, link uh, from Petapixel, and I just loved it. It's a uh, it's a funny one. It's uh, twenty three things you'll never hear a pro photographer say. And yes, really good ones. Um, <laughs> number one, Val. I love it when clients re-edit my images and then share them on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, no, no, by all means, you go ahead and pose yourself. (laughs) (laughs) The... um, uh, one of the uh, the last ones that I really loved is, uh, oh, thank God there's a DJ at this wedding acting like my second shooter. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I love this one. I'm sorry you don't like your new haircut in these pictures. That's totally my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one uh, I, I got from my kids a lot. Uh, oh, my God, you are so right. It is just pushing a button. <laughs> 
I love it. Okay, well, we will put the link in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A, where we put uh, all of the links that we discuss, but any photos that we talk about as well. Now, moving on, we want to give a shout out to Matt Zahn, don't we? Yes. Uh, he uh, he wrote something in the uh, Facebook community that was just so funny. Uh, he wrote, this podcast has influenced me in many ways. The most recent instance being today when I answered my cell phone and once I realized who it was, I asked them, how are you going? <laughs> you don't normally say that in my neck of the woods. And there was lots of uh, fantastic replies to that. So, Matt, first of all, it's uh, – You've been to you've articulated that too well to How be a true Australian. How are you going? It's all the words need to join together. Yes, that's and right. And if you want to speak Australian, it's a yarn. A yarn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one word. <laughs> We're thrilled to hear that some Australianisms are permeating all around the world. So thank you for sharing that, Matt. That's awesome. I did read that on Facebook as well and had a chuckle. <laughs> there were some great comments. And uh, Peter Foote actually uh, posted a really good uh, uh, chart that shows the difference between Australian or Australian, as he's put it, and English. Yes. So, you know, afternoon, Arvo, Barbie, barbecue. Beauty, great, fantastic, Bogan, Hick, Yogel. Uh, there's a whole list of them. So if you're not sure um, and, and you need subtitles to yes. understand me, not so much Val, but <laughs> um, uh, check it out in the, uh, in the show in notes. The show it's a good notes. little pu- pu- print it out, put it on your wall because uh, I think then I've said most about. of these things. Yeah, then you'll probably understand us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a listener question from Christy Louise Hurd. Now, Christy has said, Hi, Gina, I have my first portfolio shoot with a young lady who wants to break into modelling and I'm looking for some advice. Below is a montage of the three locations we're starting with. I will be working with one assistant. I guess my, and we will put the images that um, Christy is referring to in the show notes, you know, these locations she's referring to. Christy says, I guess my biggest fear still is the lighting. I really want these photos to stand out and nail the lighting. Also, I would appreciate any tips on makeup that I can offer the model. The photos were taken on my smartphone roughly the time of day we will be shooting. Appreciate any advice if you have the time. Now, there's a bunch of photos. There's one – there's there's a – it's kind of like a laneway, an alleyway, um, and, and the laneway looks like cobblestones and the buildings on either side are really old buildings like made out of sandstone or rock or whatever with some sort of it looks very grungy and graffiti-ish yep. basically it's a grif- grungy laneway and then there's another shot of um it looks like an underpass of a yeah. freeway but uh the columns of the underpass aren't boring in fact they're very very they're there's sort of some kind of art on them. They're really bright, brightly coloured paintings, like just random swooshes of um, pink and bright blue and, and yellow uh, so that all of the columns of this underpass have this nice um, colourful stuff going on. Yep. So your answer, Gina. Okay, well, uh, Chrissy, this is definitely my kind of location. I love, I love uh, what you've come up with. So mm. fantastic. So uh, 
on first look, I, I see that the, those uh, textured walls make a fantastic backdrop. So I'd start with working with the walls and uh, using them for models to lean against or be in front of so that, that you've got like uh, three or four different shots that you can pull out just by moving the model uh, a, a few steps. Like I, I can mm. see uh, in one of the alleyways that you've got, you've got uh, white painted brick next to that right next to it you've got um like cobblestones that are uh, a cobblestone wall and then next to that you've got graffiti so you've mm. almost like got three different three locations, locations. Mm. you've got like a uh they're like they look like a loading bay where you could have people sitting uh mm. up in in those uh like on those ledges there which are fantastic and then you've got the alleyway which has got amazing uh it's it, it looks like it's too narrow for cars to to get into so it's always going to be uh, a clear clear way so you you can set your model up mm. and use those beautiful leading leading lines uh, to work with that so in terms of lighting um, the uh, let me uh, so when you're working with uh, the walls and the alleyway there's a couple of ways you can do it it depends on how you want these shots to look so I would probably start for a models folio um, the it's uh, you, you can go a bit artier in some of the shots, but you should give them something sort of clean and beautiful. So um, I would probably uh, use the underpass, uh, and from the angle that I'm looking at it on and the day that you've taken this photo and the time of day, it looks like you've got strong sun mm. around it and then you've got um, open shade just underneath. So this to me looks like... Perfect garage lighting. Like a massive garage. Massive garage, which is perfect beauty lighting for a model shot. So that mm. would be the first shot. Now, like, let me just uh, backtrack here, uh, Christy. The, you talk about hair and makeup. So this is how I instruct hair and makeup artists for a model shoot. Uh, the first shot that I uh, – we, we start with the lightest natural makeup first. Now, hair and makeup, this can make or break a shoot. So yeah. oh uh, I God. urge you to – choose very carefully have a good look at their portfolio yep. uh, if you've never worked with them before go out and have a cup of coffee with them yep. and spend half an hour with them because if you can enjoy their company in that half hour nothing sort of grates on you because believe me there's there's fantastic all my makeup artists that I'm working with now I love them to death some of them are my best friends uh, but I've had makeup artists that I've worked with that have just come on set and taken over and gotten mm. behind the camera and directed the models and oh, uh, yes. it, put atrocious uh, stupid hair and dumb makeup that I look at and I go, I don't understand what you're doing and what have you done to the poor girl. So this is a really close... Could be a, if, if things work out well for you, this could be a lifetime relationship you have with these people. Mm. So some of the makeup artists I'm working with now, I've been working with them for 20 years, and they are they're my friends. But I can just I just know what they're going to do. So be very careful. So start with natural, clean beauty lighting. So that might be if they're they're young models, it like it's that makeup that looks like I just woke up like this. 
It's fresh. Mm. It's natural. The hair is just so. The face just has a beautiful natural glow, uh, sort of very little on the lips, and there might be just a little touch of makeup on the eyes. Then from there, you build. And uh, the next shot might be uh, like a a slightly more done uh, hair, a a slightly heavier makeup on the face, and then you go to the next level and you uh, finish with the uh, full-on, you know, fake lashes if you want to go there, big hair, like, you know, all of that, the whole the whole lot, but build. So start with the base and you finish with the uh, the strongest look because it's very difficult to go back. Once you've got the hair in rollers and the full do, it's hard to go back to a natural look. So that way you cover, you can cover four or five different looks for the model. So underpass. I would, I would say with that though, only do that if you have the clothes to match. So uh, exactly. don't bother going full glam if they actually aren't appropriate you know, if she's not going to look appropriate in whatever it is that she's brought to wear. So, yeah, so if you want to play it safe on this one, just stick with the natural, beautiful, I just woke up like this look. uh, Mm. uh, That's uh, really uh, necessary for most models' portfolios and a great sort of entry into this is what I look like and then anyone who's casting them can say, okay, this is how they are naturally. I can actually see that if we make them up, they'll they'll suit the character that we're looking for. so uh, from there, you can then go to your other location. So you've got your flat lighting. You can then use the background of the underpass. If you shot that on a long lens at a very uh, shallow depth of field, like mm. 2.8, uh, and got right back and uh, zoomed in, uh, you could throw the background out of focus and you have these uh, lovely textures, the colours from the columns and the blown-out areas in the background is going to give a really, really cool uh, sort of nondescript background uh, but enough to give a sense of that lifestyle feel to the shot. So then I would move to uh, the textured walls Mm. and uh, this is where you can uh, take a reading for the ambient light, uh, pretend that you're going to actually shoot with ambient light, so get it right, even take some shots with daylight and uh, get those looking right and then if you're adding flash, all you're really doing is uh, setting your flash so that it's half a stop above the ambient light. And that's going to give you a really natural, uh, clean, beautiful look. It's just going to um, clean up the skin tone, um, you know, take away a little bit of detail, and that's a nice, clean, sort of even uh, fashion sort of catalogue look. Then if you wanted to uh, really go a bit moodier and grungier to shoot the location of, say, the the alleyway and uh, some of the other areas, you could uh, go... Uh, drop the exposure so pretend that you were shooting uh, to expose for the highlights in the background of your uh, alleyway so that you're making it maybe a stop to two stops darker than it should be. You take a test shot, your model uh, should be almost in silhouette and then you're adding light the uh, correct amount of light to make them stand out. Mm. So uh, say you're to get uh, uh, a good background that looks a, a bit dark and moody, uh, your your readings uh, f5.6, you want to be 
uh, adding flash that that is a reading of f5.6 as well. So mm. your background's going to be darker. Your model's going to be correctly exposed. Fantastic. Right, so start with the easy and build up, Christy, and you're going to have you you like you. You're going to have a great day and uh, you cover yourself and you make sure that maybe every shot you shoot it as daylight and then add the light. So you get a variety and uh, you've got enough uh, textures and stuff going on there to uh, have a great shoot. I can't wait to see them. Yeah, absolutely. These are great locations um, and I think they're in the UK. I believe Christie's from the UK. Yes. So yeah. um, they, they look really good. I can't wait to see them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move on. We have a shout out to... Sactoje. I'm not sure what that stands for, but Sactoje um, <laughs> has kindly left us a five star rating on iTunes and has said, My favorite podcast. Gina is not only an expert photographer, but also an inspiring teacher. Her fun and funny <laughs> descriptions of photography tips, tricks, and techniques makes it easy for even a newbie photographer to see and apply these skills. And Valerie's expert interviewing style and her great rapport with Gina often has me laughing out loud. I look forward to every new episode and enjoy re-listening to previous ones for inspiration and as a refresher. Keep up the good work, Gina and Valerie. Oh, wow. that's, that's really <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sakoja. You've made our day. I'm sure I can speak on behalf of both of us when I say that. Um, really appreciate it. And if you do have a 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd be most grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings in on iTunes. All right. Let us move on to this week's topic, which I think is awesome, how to direct any portrait shoot with confidence. Mm. I like this. That's um, It's because I've recently been talking to a bunch of people who all want to get their portraits done. And it's interesting just to hear different people's, you know, um, hesitations and and questions and, and wondering whether they're going to achieve the result that they hope for. So, um, I'm sure that it's very challenging for any photographer who's doing any kind of portrait shoot. Yep. So where, where do we start? First, let's define portrait shoot. I know that's like almost stating the obvious, but I just want to be clear that we are all on the same page. Right. So uh, this is uh, – I, I want to cover any situation where you're photographing um, anything that has a mother or a name. <laughs> a person. <laughs> Well, person, it could be a pet, I guess. Okay. You know, but Maybe more we'll just so stick people. with people. We'll yes. stick with people. So, How about that? And, and, and all manner of situations. So it might be like a formal portrait shoot where you might be shooting a headshot. It might yep. be a family portrait. It yep. might be a corporate situation or it might be uh, like an event when you're bowling up to like a group of people and you want to pose them but you want to do it in a way that you uh, have confidence or it might be – going up to a complete stranger and uh, setting them up. All these skills uh, work so uh, in all these different areas. So photographing so someone. Photographing someone. So a portrait shot includes street photography of a person. 
where you're setting up the shot. So street where photography, the, the, the okay. strict definition of street photography uh, is unposed photography. Okay. You're out there with your camera and you just shoot what happens to right. um, walk into the frame. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about there is this whole other genre of street photography that I love to do where I manufacture <laughs> that oh-so-casual look where I yes. bring the person into exactly the spot where the light's good for me, the background looks clean because generally I find that uh, street photography, there's always a pole in the wrong place or yeah. these cars that I want to get out of the frame. So, yeah, so okay. it's uh, it's Where working with people. Up shot. Setting up the shot and how to direct them um, so that you have confidence and you actually walk away with uh, something that you wanted and uh, they, they, they get something that they want out of the shot. Great, because that is one thing I lacked today. Even though I had the confidence to technically try out all of the things when I was taking photos of the sparring, I lacked the confidence to go up to anyone to say, hey, can I get a shot? So let's just talk about that, Val. No, that's okay. We can workshop that another day. <laughs> I don't need to be psychoanalyzed just today. <laughs> that's okay. We Let's move on with this topic. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the things that the, the, the things that are going to make a difference to how a photographer directs a portrait are like the the confidence to actually walk up and uh, say the things that you need to say to get the shot, Mm -hmm. Uh, the tone of voice that you're going to use, the energy that you bring to the shot and um, being able to uh, relate to the other person and that person to relate to you. So to know, Mm -hmm. like and trust you. So so these are the things that I want to talk about. So um, when it comes to uh, confidence, like these are things that uh, you can train in yourself mm. and I like it, it's easy for me to sit here and say well you just do this 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 and this I think we were uh, doing a, a mastermind uh, this uh, week Val and mm-hmm. uh, w- one of the questions was uh, about uh, shooting uh, in manual mode at an event and I said uh, and, the, and the person who asked the question said I should I'm going to shoot in auto because I'm too scared to shoot in manual and I said mm. no no you just shoot in manual you'll be all right. And everyone's (laughs) like, well, it's easy for you to say. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that's true because it's like I've got to take myself back now to when I was starting. Mm. And admittedly, uh, when I was starting out, I did get really nervous before a shoot and uh, my voice uh, did shake mm-hmm. when I spoke to people and I did perspire and mm-hmm. uh, some of the bigger shoots that I was doing for the first time did have a mild laxative effect on oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for sharing and you're that. you pacing, Gina. you know, <laughs> and so, and it's all that anxiety and it's like, what are people yeah. going to think of me? And it's not just that, it's like, all this stuff is new, so like it's an you're worrying about. Um, have I got the right lens on? Is my shot going to be in focus? Can I get it in focus when they're moving around? And then what are people uh, thinking? So I think the best way to get over this is just to actually 
do the work and you've got to be shooting. And so what, like what I recommend is you start like baby steps and you start by um, trying to uh, work with people that you know. It makes it easy. You can goof around with them and it's not as stressful. So start with maybe immediate family members and then work on um, – your sort of uh, as you go through your day-to-day life uh, try and open yourself up to more um, opportunities just to chat with people we sort Mm. of we've lost that skill now you can easily go through days and days and days you don't need to speak to people anymore you can get everything mm-hmm. ordered in you know we're, like we're, we're losing that ability the art of the chit chat Val yes. so whenever you are going about your day-to-day life you know the person that serves you in the supermarket the guy that uh, delivers the pizza the guy at the petrol station have a conversation with them look that's true but I and I see where you're going there however that is a little bit different because let's say today at the gym where I was taking the photos if I was writing a story if I was there as a journalist I would have zero problem going up to these people I know zero problem because you know your stuff Val and you know what to say and you're not you're not lacking in confidence but when you are like you know you've got that camera in the hand there's there's all those other anxieties that come with it because you're worrying about like how's the shot going to look exactly but the only way you're going to get past that mm. is by doing it, unfortunately. Sure, and I take. By, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, but I'm just saying that just getting the practice talking to people is totally different if, if you, when you're just talking to them as opposed to when you've got a camera in your hand talking to them. So the other thing that I recommend is just like it's uh, pulling the Band-Aid off in one go. So it's like don't don't overthink it. It's the three-second rule. So when you're out there, you've got the camera, you're out on the street, you spot someone, Mm. uh, you give yourself three seconds, five seconds to walk up and do it because if you sit there and go, oh, there's someone really good, I want to take their photo, overthink it, overthink it, you'll talk yourself out of it. So five-second rule. I'm going to walk up because let's just – what's the worst thing that can happen? Yes. They'll say no. Sure, I've okay. Not, yet to hear of like a report on the news where someone says, man approached someone, asked to take their photo and the person said no and then, you know, bashed them over the head with the camera. No, but I think the fear is not that they'll say yes or no, in fact. Um, I'm assuming that a lot of people will say yes. Well, it doesn't – well, let's – I think the fear is actually after they say yes and you take the shot. That's yeah. the fear because you – you know, they will want to see – what the shot is like, right? That's the fear, actually, exactly. that you take a chitty shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not so, a fear of rejection that they'll say no because, right. yeah. So practicing, Val, okay. is going to make this all a lot easier. And so as many opportunities as you can to put your hand up and so like those those back when I was um, when I had uh, the kids were very very young like babies I mm. volunteered at their daycare centre to photograph all the kids. Okay. Which gave me an opportunity. So like if you're a uh, like you know a mum at home and uh, you're not getting many opportunities to get out this this might be an opportunity mm. where, where like they know you and like you yes. can get in and you get an opportunity to photograph lots and lots of people and I know That's that there's uh, people in the um, uh, the Facebook group and the podcast.
Wildcats community that are all their kids are members of uh, sporting teams, and so they yes. have access to those. Or they're parts of uh, like their, their their children might be in um, acting clubs, mm. and so they'll put their hand. So any opportunity you get to volunteer to photograph lots and lots of people over mm. a few days, like charity events where okay, we need uh, the the entire board photographed and all the members, and there might be a couple of hundred people, a couple of hundred headshots that you need to do mm. one after another, you're going to get really good that's at, true. and get over that anxiety yes, that's uh, true. by about midday yeah, volume, on just first day. Volume, isn't it? It's mm. volume. It's, yes, okay. And so, so look for those opportunities. Yes, that's a good uh, idea. Where you can shoot volume and uh, you, you put it down to this is part of your training and part yes. of the stuff that you do every day. So, like, and, and it's going to, uh, after you've done a few and you know that like no one no one got upset or no yes. one you know said no or and and you actually when i say this it works and then you can actually um sort of uh, alter the way that you sp- you see what works and what doesn't yes. and uh, you learn how to, uh, to direct a bit better as well as using uh, some of the techniques that I'll share with you uh, in this podcast. So I like that confidence idea, volume. is trainable. It's completely trainable. The, mm-hmm. the, okay. the, the more you do something, the better you get at it, the more confident you are. Yes, of course. St- Straight away. So um, the next thing, uh, Val, is uh, tone. So it's about Mm. uh, the tone of voice that you're using when you're Mm. speaking to people and it's being aware of that tone. So Mm. uh, when you're speaking, are you speaking in a calm and soothing tone or is the fact that you're a little bit anxious make your voice go up a little bit (laughs) trill or, you know, and and do you sound uh, a bit anxious Mm. or... um, people without knowing just because uh, they might be in a hurry and it's actually I'm learning this about myself I was editing uh, a video Val for the community where mm-hmm. I was having to shoot a, a group of 15 women mm. under pressure mm. and they were 15 elderly women and mm. uh, I knew we had to get out of there in uh, like we didn't have very long we had to get out of there quickly and uh, I, I, I knew this but this was an exciting day for these women yeah so they all wanted to have a chat right for 10 minutes yeah right so should i be standing here and they're all speaking really slow but i could and i don't think they picked it up but i Mm. could see it when i Mm. watched the video back Mm. that i had an edge yeah i had a tone because i was trying to and i was trying to uh listen and be open and uh thoughtful and caring and empathetic and all of those things but there was an edge because i needed to move on but Mm. being aware of that and because that can make all of a difference because it's the tone of voice Mm -hmm. and the energy that you bring to a shoot people react from that so i've seen photographers who are just very short and Mm. snap and stand there look right look left bang 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 and that's just um the way that they and and they don't even realize it because they're in their head and they're probably thinking i've got this many shots to do i've got to get them going i need people moving but like the poor person who's just come on set, mm. they, they don't realise that, like, you've got all this pressure on you and they're just going to be hearing, look like, look left. And so mm. if someone is uh, sort of the kind of person that's a rebel by nature... Yes. You mean going, like you? 
a rebel by nature, yeah, who when someone speaks to me like that, my first thought is, I'm not doing what you tell me. Yes, I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it in action. (laughs) Um, so mm-hmm. it's really important, and there's uh, like there's so many uh, great uh, studies that talk about this. And I'm just trying to remember the uh, one of the podcasts that I recommend, uh, Happiness, which is uh, Gretchen uh, Rubin. Yeah, Gretchen Rubin actually mm-hmm. on her website, uh, and I'll find the link and I'll add it to the show notes, Val. So it'd be GretchenRubin.com. She's got an actual test that you can do that uh, you can work out if you're a rebel by nature or <laughs> she's got these lists of like different personality traits that you can be mm-hmm. and also like how to recognize that personality trait in a person mm. and how to uh, direct that, that kind or speak to a person with that personality trait. So she goes on to say that if you're dealing with a rebel, there is a certain way to talk to them. Now, some of these, mm. some people know this intuitively, but yep. this kind of information is gold if uh, you want to go on and shoot a lot of portraits because you end up working with so many different personalities and I've kind of worked it out through trial and error I've got it very wrong at times but but like the when I've had another go at a similar personality I've remembered the mistakes I made last time dealing with that person I'm like ah, oh, if I try this way it seems to work so um Understanding that sort of thing can be uh, a really good way to uh, work with different personality traits. So really think about and have a li- even if it even if you get a friend to film you mm. someone, right? Or f- or set up a camera and film yourself and listen back and have a listen to or just ask a friend. What do I sound like when I'm directing? Am I calm? Am I soothing? That is a really good idea. Bossy, because it's, you 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 think you're coming across in a certain way, but like I've seen women who who say, "What do you mean? I've got edge or I'm a bit aggro," and it's like, mm. "Well, you're edge, you're a bit aggro," and they don't even <laughs> realise it. Yes, and it's no, got that, nothing that's... to do with the person that they're dealing with. They could be still arguing with their partner at home in their head, you <laughs> yes, know, yes. and you carry that onto the set and uh, everyone that steps in front of you get, gets that, that sort of attitude but, and not realising it. That is a really good idea. Film your, Get someone to film you or just put your iPhone up there and leave it on to, as you, you know, to capture you directing somebody. That's a really good idea. Yeah, so you really could good. be so softly spoken Mm. that people can't hear you. Mm. And so as a general rule, I find that people are exceedingly polite and and, uh, people don't want to make a big deal. So, like, if they can't hear you, they'll pretend they can and they'll just do that. I'll just smile and nod and pretend I know what you're saying, but actually I can't hear you or understand you. And there's also uh, some photographers when they're directing mumble into the back of the camera. And I've been guilty of that too, Val. I've like I've just forgotten myself, and I've been uh, mumbling orders, and they're like, you know, can't hear you. You're yeah. mumbling into the back of the camera, so you've got to make sure that people can see you, make visual contact with your face, but also hear you. But you're not like barking out orders, or you're not yelling. There's yeah. just that nice happy medium where you're understood, 
and uh, a, presenting a really nice, warm, calm, great energy. Great. Okay, what's next? All right, so know, like, and trust Val. This, mm-hmm. if you can get this right, you, you can um, nail the portrait shoot really easily. So there's a guy whose book I love. He's an ex-photographer, Nicholas Bootham. He wrote How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less. Oh, that's I great. highly recommend this book because he speaks from uh, a photographer's perspective and these are techniques mm. he developed to um, when he met with his model you know, he knew that he had like 30 seconds or less to connect with those people. And so he uses these, just these little hacks that yeah. uh, make it really easy to connect. So he says, be open. So when you meet someone, make sure that your body and your attitude is open. So you're open to meeting that person. He mm. says, like, aim your heart directly to the person you're meeting. Little things like that. Open your jacket, mm. have your hands out so that, that, that they can see them and, um, and have that positive attitude when you greeting the person the other thing he says is uh make eye contact and uh i i do this i i I probably overdo it when i meet people and uh i just stare them down probably i've been accused of like can you back off you're being a bit intense really someone said that to you uh yeah so um so yeah so um Eye contact is very important. Uh, so, and that, that, like, they really are reflect your attitude. So, um, if you feel uncomfortable in making contact, he suggests um, when you're watching TV, try and note the colour of someone's eyes. Or right. when you meet someone, try and, like, whenever you're talking to anyone, really look. So I do this anyway when I'm pe- meeting people. I look into their eyes because I'm looking for the catch lights. Yeah, right. This is a good place. So I'm really looking to their eyes. So when you're meeting someone, look into their eyes and uh, notice the different flecks and the tones and the colour of their eyes, and that's just going to help you if you're a bit uncomfortable looking into someone's eyes. It's going to help you keep that gaze um, mm. going. So, uh you know, because if you do too much eye contact, it, that can be perceived as uh, like in the wrong way as well. So you've got to be careful, but just finding that happy medium. And then the smile, the smile, like, can really uh, win people over. So, like, you make sure that you uh, have a, a really sincere smile and, um, you know, make sure that it's genuine, not that uh, fake forced smile that you <laughs> see uh, people in shops give you when you walk in and they were trying to text their friend and you've and then you know the way you you greet them you you make sure that your handshake is firm and positive don't give the the, the, the limp fish and mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you uh, say their name and uh, you know the, those old hacks of like repeating their name and then like a, how are you going and just mm. all of that but be sincere and authentic about it as well and then you know little things like leaning in when you're meeting someone just to just slightly uh, it, you know gives the impression that you're a bit more interested so that was uh from like uh, a blog post on business inside of Al. so mm-hmm. um as well as that you know you want uh like all those uh like beautiful warm uh body language when you're meeting with someone now next mm-hmm. let's talk about uh 
some scripts that we can use when we're actually on set with people. So yes. do a bit of role playing now, Val. So you're okay. going to be all the different kinds of people that I'm going okay. to have direct. So I can give you some okay. some some scripts to use. All right. Uh-huh. So um, first of all, I want to say, and this is like I see this across the board that I notice that many photographers actually do not say enough. So mm. I think one of the, the the worst things you can do when you're behind the camera is be silent. Mm. And that doesn't matter who you've got standing in front of the camera, just offering some kind of uh, encouragement. That's great. That looks awesome. Love that. Love the way you tilt your head, but always being positive. So whenever mm. you see uh, your model do something negative, like they might tilt their body and it makes them look large, don't don't point that out to them. Like you know, you don't want to be saying, "Ah, oh, wow, you look twice the size. You look so big." Here, look at the back of the screen. Look how big you look when you do that. And can you say one, two, four chins when you put your head down like that? Don't do that. So you just want to like whenever they do stuff like that, you want to be ignoring uh, any um, negatives. And just mm. pray, just keep praising the positives. It's the same way you train a dog: praise the good, ignore mm. the bad. Praise the good, ignore the bad, and uh, you'll just uh, you'll have that connection immediately. And uh, they sort of stop doing the bad stuff, and you keep them doing the good stuff that you see. Yeah, and I think that's so important to remember: is that it is a if you want to get a great shot, you really need to make them feel good because there can be a tendency for newbie photographers, and I find myself doing this sometimes too, is you want to be self-deprecating about your shot, but in fact that's, has, that shouldn't that has the opposite effect. You know, yeah. you actually want yeah. to be self-deprecating and say that you're not such a great photographer, or you 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 know you you can do better, you're learning. But in fact, they hear it as oh, I look shit. It's when me. It's yeah, me because they don't care about you or your photo. That's All they're right. seeing is uh, how many chins they have, that's right. whether you've uh, mm. lit them nicely. That's all they're seeing. They're not really seeing the technical, you know, the, the leading lines. They don't see any of that. They mm. just focus on themselves. So it's really important. And it's like I, I, I'm the opposite. I, I'll just go, oh, my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how good am I? Mm. <laughs> you look so hot in this shot. But <laughs> it was – How good am I? You, I say that, though. Yeah, you know, I that know. You've worked with me, Val. I say that a lot. And then my other line is, I should do this for a living. Yeah. And that always gets a laugh. And yes. I always make sure that the camera stays on them when I'm saying things like that. So I'll often oh, say yes. – uh, try and say something funny mm. uh, mid-shoot to disarm them or just to break the ice, get them laughing. And uh, once you've got people laughing, I think you've kind of got them and then it's an enjoyable sort of experience for them. So it's so important to make people feel good and false um, compliments people see through that yeah. so quickly so so don't be that guy or, or girl who's like oh my god you look amazing you know or it's just really scripted um there's something in your body language and the way you stand and the way you might be shaking your head as you're saying it but like we are trained back from being caveman to pick up on these like sort of n- n- negative signs of body language and mm. it might sound like you're being sincere again mm. it's the shop assistant that tells you those jeans look oh my god those jeans look so good on you you should buy four pairs you look amazing and what's the other stuff they're all trained to say wow 
I love your bag. Yes, that's Where'd right. Where'd you get it? Love your scarf. That's yes. amazing. And I'm like, don't. <laughs> My daughter told me about you guys. You're yeah. all liars. <laughs> Once you know all of that, I don't trust any of them. Yes. Um, so you 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 sense it. You sense when someone's being uh, insincere. So if you are a newbie photographer, I don't think there is a problem. It's like I'm so excited. Uh, you know, if it's your first time, tell them it's my first time shooting yeah. a headshot. I'm so excited. I get to do it with you. This yeah. is like I can't wait. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Val. Do you? Do you? Or do you not want to be told that it's the photographer's first time? Um, I think it depends on the situation. I think that if you <laughs> Um, are paying <laughs> then you probably don't want to know that it's your first the first right. time yeah but if you you know doing it for fun yeah why not yeah yeah for sure so get a lot of those fun ones um under your belt before you do the paying ones and uh but like yeah because then you'll have the confidence uh to do the paying ones so uh let's uh just do uh some role playing now quickly val so right. uh let's start off with uh do you want to be uh the shy kid okay sure i'll be a shy kid so got little Valerie on set, so I'm going to uh, talk to you now. This is like we're going on Tony Robbins. Now. This is crazy. Um, so basically, if I had a uh, a small child on set, I always make sure that I get down to their level first mm-hmm. of all. So you're not towering over them to scare them. The other thing I make sure is uh, if they're under about four, it's the shock of the new. So I am not going to make a big deal about the photo so it's all very casual I try and uh, generally if the parents are making a big deal I make Mm. them leave Mm. or I just brief them beforehand I'm like please don't bribe or make a big deal about this shoot because as soon as the kid knows that um, this is a big deal they may start acting up and Mm -hmm. uh, they're getting any attention is good attention so it's really casually so you know hey little Valerie what what have you been doing today what kind of thing is that your bear that's cute you want to show me the bear yeah, that's no. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Leave my bear alone. Okay, that's cool. I'm just going to go over here and talk to your brother then. So basically what I do is if little Valerie uh, was giving me nothing, I'm going mm-hmm. to freeze little Valerie out. <laughs> so this technique. You do that to big Valerie too. <laughs> yeah, I know. This technique actually works with uh, adults who behave like that as well. So that adults that uh, don't like want to kick up, like be a bit, a bit of drama. Oh, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. Th- those ones. I'm going, that's fine. I don't want to do it either. I'm just going to shoot these guys. You can, like, you don't have to do this. That's fine. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then take away any opportunity for that. And then they don't have any attention. Mm. So they realize that the only way to get the attention again is if they behave and then they actually, the the child and the the grown-up diva are going to actually uh, try really hard now to get your attention by behaving. So Mm. uh, little Valerie, I'm now going to completely ignore you and give you nothing and make you sit in the corner with your bear and I'm going to just praise uh, love and uh, praise onto your brother now little jimmy it's not mean it works a treat and because Mm -hmm. downplaying because the minute i go oh please valerie 
could be take my photo. Can could just hold your bear up like this. Come on, come on, you can do it. No. And then the mums are coming in going, McDonald's, fifty bucks, a hundred, please, honey. And it just turns into it. So you just want to keep it really casual, light, easy, and generally and, and no big deal. This is no big deal. You're shooting with a long lens and you just like letting the kids uh, do their own thing and mm. hopefully they generally come around without trying okay. to, you know, force any sort of um uh, you know, fight there because yeah. Valerie will always win. So um, <laughs> the okay. corporate per- or powerful person. Yes. So generally uh, what I like to do I with I can play Ed- that. I can play that. Go, go for it, Val. Be the uh, power, okay. power woman. Okay, how long is this going to take? You're very – yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, I understand you're really busy. I really want to power through this quickly. So what I'm going to – I've got to go to a good. meeting. Can we make it snappy? I- Get that. So uh, I need about two minutes, okay? I'm going to take about roughly 10 frames. So basically, uh, Valerie, uh, important person, what I'm (laughs) going to do is I just want you to stand here. I need you to face your body this way. I need you to just uh, shift your body this way. Shouldn't I face that way? When you shift your body this way, you start to sound like it's a shocker. Um, um, we can do we can do both ways if you like. I just noticed that uh, from this side, uh, you actually look amazing. I can do the other way if you like as well. Uh, we've got time to to do both. But when you shift your body, it makes your body look uh, really narrow this way. And actually, I'll take a frame and show you if Shouldn't you're going to be sitting down. Like, Wouldn't it be better so, if I sat down? Yeah, so when you're going to be one of those, <laughs> it's uh, it's best that you have your A game, the one shot that you know always works. Uh, if I was working with someone like you with that attitude, Val, I'd probably <laughs> blow the exposure out by a good stop mm. and show you on the back of the camera immediately so I gain your trust. Why, why, and why does blowing it out by a full stop gain my trust? Because you're not going to see any detail on your face. You're going to love yourself sick. <laughs> love yourself fully sick. Love yourself fully sick. That can be added to the how to speak Australian. Australian. Um, basic, and for you know the non-Australians, it basically means love yourself a lot. Love yourself a lot. Fully, fully sick. sick means a lot. Right. Um, th- and that's important. So, so and uh, like... I, you get that type all the time, but the minute you start to uh, tell them, like, this is why I'm standing you like this because it actually makes your body look uh, really feminine and uh, really uh, elongated, long. Your, I see that your face is better from this angle. The way I'm lighting you is from this side. I just need you to look straight at me and then... Once I've got them in shape, I'm going to show them the first shot Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to say, okay, this looks fantastic. Look how great your body looks. You've got them on board at that point. This Mm -hmm. is when I'm tuning into the face now. I'm going to say, okay, I just need you for this five minutes, Valerie. I know you've got a meeting. I'm going to get you to that meeting, but I need you to get out of your head and I need you to soften your eyes because see how, like, your eyes are a bit uh, hard. Everything that you're thinking is now um, radiating through your eyes. So I need them to soften so we get a warmer, natural, uh, more open, honest photo. And then I'm working with them that way and trying to get them to, like, visualisation techniques to try and 
get them to calm down. Now, if you're going to be that snappy five-minute snappy snappy, it's a mm-hmm. lot harder to do in five minutes, mm-hmm. but you can still get something good and get, and don't take the bait mm-hmm. and it's not personal. They're just busy and you'll get the best that you can. Mm-hmm. All right, good, good, good advice. All right, so... Yeah, great. Um, Who can I be now? now? So I want you to be the person who doesn't want to be photographed. Okay, sure. Okay, so um, and not in terms of like who you've approached on the street, but I want you to be part of the team member who has to front up on the day to get their shot taken, but they so don't want to be there. Because they're not confident or? They just, they're not confident. They hate having their photo taken, but their boss has made them. They have to do it as part of like everyone else had to get their photos taken today. There's always one or two people in the group of 20 that you have to do. So they've come along. I'm just not photogenic. I'm just not photogenic. Look, I, I don't can, yeah, I don't know. I don't know I, what you can do. Uh, I don't want to do this. I know. I know. It sucks. I hate having my photo taken. I hate having my photo taken as well. So That's I totally why you're behind the camera. I know. I know. And I wish, like, you know, if I was there, I'd probably want to go home too. So what I'm doing is I'm actually empathizing with you and um, I'm trying to make you – I'm not going to sit here and talk you into it. I'm going to try and make this as quick as you can and I'm going to make it as painful, as painless as possible. But – like trying to talk them out of it at this point when they be- – I hate having my photo taken. The other thing I might say is like you just haven't met the right photographer yet, <laughs> okay? But you've got to be careful with that because it depends I hate my how- smile. I hate my teeth. Yeah, okay. We don't need to show your teeth. You don't need to show your smile um, and like just – they're expecting you to try and talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. which means there has to be a lot of begging and pleading. And it's mm. like, I don't want to be begging and pleading. But the fact that you agree with them and acknowledge that what they're feeling is actually real, uh, you're going to disarm them and you might get, get them on side a lot quicker than having to convince, cajole, coax them into doing something that they actually don't want to do. So mm. this is actually the same technique that they use to – uh, police used to negotiate with uh, uh, kidnappers and uh, you know people who like who are angry. The police will like, agree on, and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm holding these people hostage because like you know the world is a terrible place. And the, the negotiator will say, I know it's a terrible place, and they'll agree with them and they friend them and get them on side and they can disarm them. Now this mm. is like not a hostage situation, no. but <laughs> but when you um, to get that person on side, just agree with them. Yeah, it's awful having your photo taken. I hate it. I'll agree mm. with them. I was like, I hate having my photo taken too. I really mm-hmm. do. I'm going to try and make this as painless as possible. And in just that way, you you can disarm them mm-hmm. and get them on side and, and uh, maybe use humour or and then – if you're confident enough, show them the back of the camera and they see, oh, my God, I don't have two heads and try and show them the back of the camera quickly because mm. they're carrying onto the set all the baggage of every other awful photo shoot they've ever had mm. and yours might be the one that actually turns them around. And then there's 1% of people that no matter what you do, you can't save them mm. and they're going to hate everything. That's not personal. You just try and move through them as quickly as possible, get them on set and and, uh, you know, move on to the next one. Okay, great. I love it. 
All right. So mm. there are a couple of uh, negotiation tactics, and then we also <laughs> use, you know, the uh, the role playing, uh, you know, the, the the verbal scripts that we've talked about in uh, in other podcasts. The visualization, taking them to a beautiful place. Uh, I think that them think one thing that we haven't mentioned though that I think is really important is that I mean I agree with everything that you have just said, but I think that what um, can really, really help with uh, uh, with your confidence when you're doing a portrait shoot is having those go-to um, ways to direct and pose people. I, yeah. You know, if, if you actually don't have some go-to poses or ways or, or you don't know how to direct people into flattering um, positions, then yeah. you're going to be not confident and you're going to, you know um, – uh, you know, struggle because you 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 take so much time, and they kind of lose confidence in you in a bit um, to find to to get a really good shot. So I encourage people Absolutely. to check out the posing course, your posing course. You know, and I I know it's fantastic because it's well, obviously I've seen it, um, and I I you've taught me these things over the years and it's what I know is that um, when you have that in your arsenal and you know you've got those go-to shots, Mm. um, everything becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, knowing and knowing how to pose and as a photographer, a photographer that knows how to pose themselves first mm. and you can look good in a photo you know how to shape your body you know how to um adjust it to to show you, you your good side uh you can easily show another person and when you can do that with confidence and the the person that you're showing how, how to get into a pose sees how easily you do that and how good you look you've already got that um that trust yeah, they go. Well, but, this person knows what they're talking about, you know. But yeah, but seriously, everyone, check out Gina's course, "How to Direct and Pose Like a Pro," which you can find at GinaMilitia.com because so much of that uncertainty will 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 go away. Because even though, as I say today, I didn't have the confidence to approach people at the gym to take their shots, that's because it was a um, foreign environment to me. If I was actually shooting, you know, um, some guys that I know or or mm. people that I know, I actually do have the confidence because I've had so much of Gina's teaching on how to direct and pose portraits infused in me. I've, I've, <laughs> you got I've, all the little tricks, you know, all the little yeah, do this, do that, stand like this, do that. Yeah, it's I've just, seen I've seen some of the poses that you do. I go, okay. Val has busted out the 17A in that one and put a little bit of five in there as well, Val. Made it your own. I like that. And uh, I love seeing all the work coming through in the uh, gold community, uh, the way people are posing, the senior portraits that they're doing and, the, yeah. you know, I'm starting to recognise it. But what's fantastic and what I really love is how people are really putting their own uh, stamp on these shots and, and giving them a twist and putting their own personality uh, in them, which is how it should be be uh exciting to see yeah love it love it and if you want to check out gina's gold community have a look at GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community so that um you can see what it's all about and basically it's a wonderful group of hundreds and hundreds of people 
Uh, where you get regular tutorials, several tutorials each month um, from Gina and also a discussion area where you can ask all sorts of questions at any time but also a monthly mastermind where, which is live with Gina and you, you can get your photos critiqued. It's an awesome community with some really awesome people in it. But I think we've reached um, the end of this. We've gone a little bit over time of this week's mm. podcast, Gina. What are you going to be doing um, in the coming week? Well, I suppose really you'll just be going on a plane. So uh, as this episode airs, Val, I will be in Colombia. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. So that is exciting. So I'll be uh, doing the mad dash the next couple of days, basically, is uh, getting everything uh, packed and ready to go and organised so that I, I can be there and uh, get get some uh, – I'm just very excited about that. So uh, hopefully very I'll exciting. be posting to <laughs> Instagram for a change. Yes, that would be good. <laughs> And, um, yes, and uh, sharing some of the shots that I do uh, in, in Colombia. We'll definitely do a show about it. Might even get some of the millennials to come on and give us some tips on uh, Instagram, Val. Yes. They're very good millen- at it. By millennials, Gina is referring to her daughter and her friends. <laughs> and yeah, her daughter's yeah, they're, friends. they're all there, yes, as well. So, uh, yeah, what are you up to? What am I up to? I've got a bunch of projects that I just need to complete and then I've got to start on new project so it's a very busy month for me actually yeah yes but where do we find you online gina so uh, GinaMilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and then at GinaMilitia on Instagram and at GinaMilitia on Twitter and uh, Pinterest as well at GinaMilitia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and just search for Valerie Koo. I'm the one in Sydney <laughs> from on <laughs> Facebook. Um, and also feel free to join the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. Just search for exactly that. So you want to be a photographer podcast community. Great place to hang out and and chat as well. And that is free to join. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, We hope you have a great photography field week and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.